What is up guys? It is Quinn here back with another video. A few days ago, I put out my way too early 2023 top 12 running backs. Today, same style of video, but we're going to be going through the top 12 wide receivers. Wide receiver position, honestly, a lot deeper than the running backs. So we did have uh, some tough calls here. Like I said, you know, in the last video, very early on in the offseason, these are going to change. There's still some things we got to work out. Some of these wide receivers may have new quarterbacks. You know, maybe they're dealing with new competition. A lot of things can switch up. So these are just my initial thoughts. As always, I want to hear what you guys think. So, you know, let me know, do I have a guy too high, too low? Did I leave someone off the list? All of that stuff. So comment down below. If you guys enjoy, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Over the next week or so, I'm going to start getting into the uh, rookie rankings. So looking at, you know, top running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, all of that. But let's just jump right into it. And I think number one this year at wide receiver, I think it's going to be pretty consensus. For me, I have Justin Jefferson. I think that's where a lot of people are going to look. He had a monster 2022 season. He was the wide receiver one in total points. When I'm referencing uh, points and points per game, it's going to be half point PPR, you know, a nice in between, between uh, PPR and standard. But Justin Jefferson targeted 184 times, caught 128 of those, went for a little over 1,800 yards, and then had nine total touchdowns. He was number one in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and yards after the catch. So just dominant across the board. And I mean, like, it's possible he can improve. Like, you know, if we're looking at Justin Jefferson's career in 10 years, like, I would be pretty surprised if this was his best season. The dude is 24 years old. He is still getting better. And I think the one number that we could see a jump in is that touchdown number, right? Like nine total touchdowns, that's nothing to sneeze at. But when you're getting targeted 184 times, if you're leading all wide receivers in red zone targets, like Justin Jefferson is going to have a season where he's catching 15, 16, 17 touchdowns. That could be uh, here in 2023. But in my opinion, you know, it is tough to nail the number one guy because you're picking one guy, you know, against the field. You have all these other, you know, super talented wide receivers. But in my opinion, if I had to place a bet on who's going to be the wide receiver one for uh, 2023, it would be Justin Jefferson. Now, moving over to number two, this is where I have Jamar Chase. I feel like this is probably going to be a conversation between two players, and I'm going to get into the next guy at number three. But looking at Jamar Chase, he's coming off of a fantasy season where he was the wide receiver five in points per game. He didn't play a uh, full season. You know, I think he missed, uh, I think it was five games. But I mean, he was right in the mix with guys like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams when it came to fantasy points per game. And he's kind of lined up on this like Justin Jefferson trajectory where he's just like a year behind Jefferson in terms of NFL experience. But we saw Jefferson take that huge leap in year three. You know, I think we could see Jamar Chase come out, have a massive year three also. It just kind of seems inevitable that Joe Burrow is gonna win an MVP over these next few seasons. If Joe Burrow is gonna win MVP, he's gonna put up monster numbers. Jamar Chase as his wide receiver one, also going to match, you know, that production with monster numbers. So I like Jamar Chase here at number two. And then at number three, the guy who I think is going to be in talks for that wide receiver two spot, or maybe even wide receiver one, it's going to be Cooper Cup. So if you were someone who had Cooper Cup ranked at number two, I really wouldn't push back. I mean, the dude actually averaged more points per game than Justin Jefferson, albeit it was in nine games. But I mean, he was on track to put together another monster season. His uh, you know year ends up being cut short due to an ankle injury. For me, when I'm comparing Cup to a guy like Jamar Chase 
or even Justin Jefferson. I just think he has a few minor concerns that Jefferson and Chase do not have. Cup is going to be 30, you know, heading into this uh, 2023 season. And now I don't think uh, Cup is going to fall off a cliff. It's possible, you know, he just maintains the exact same production, but it's also possible, you know, maybe his production slips slightly. Instead of being a top three wide receiver, maybe he's like in that wide receiver six territory. Like I said, not saying, you know, he's going to fall off a cliff or anything, but you know, it's just not a concern that we have with a guy like Jefferson or Chase, who are still very, very young. And then the other slight concern would just be the health of Matthew Stafford. Right now, it seems like he is set on coming back. But I mean, when we start talking about like head and neck injuries, there's definitely, you know, a little bit of concern there. But like I said, you know, I'm nitpicking here. That's kind of what we have to do because all these dudes at the top are just absolute studs. Now, moving into uh, number four, I think basically four through six, it's going to be players in a similar tier all are going to be, you know, NFL veterans. So at number four, this is where I have Tyreek Hill. He finished as the wide receiver three in points per game in his first season with the Dolphins. Full transparency, I was not super high on Hill coming into the season. I think I had him around like wide receiver nine, 10, 11. Definitely look foolish with that take, you know, after seeing how dominant he was. Number three in targets, number two in target share, number one in target rate, number two in air yards, number one in deep targets, number two in receptions, number one in yards per route run. The dude was, you know, putting it together all over the place. We know Mike McDaniel is going to feed him. He's going to give him opportunities. We know Tyreek Hill is a big play monster. So got to like him there as a higher end wide receiver one. Then after him at number five, I have Stephon Diggs. He was the wide receiver six in points per game, right there in that mix with Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, all those dudes kind of clumped up in terms of a half point PPR points per game. I think Stephon Diggs is still a very strong mid-tier wide receiver one who does have some of that high-end upside where if he was the number one, number two guy uh, in 2023, I really wouldn't be shocked. We know he's attached to the stud quarterback. If Josh Allen's your quarterback, you're going to have a solid offense. I also think the Bills could upgrade this wide receiver room. And you know, inherently, you may hear that and think, oh, they're going to bring in competition. It's not great for Stephon Diggs. In my opinion, if they brought in a solid wide receiver too, I think it would actually help Stephon Diggs. I know there are a lot of people out there who really do like Gabe Davis, but straight up, like Gabe Davis is not a wide receiver two on a top offense. He was kind of just pushed into that role. He's more of a number three, number four, you know, in a good offense. So if they bring in a solid guy, maybe take some looks away from Stephon Diggs, raise the ceiling of that offense altogether. I do like Stephon Diggs at number five. Now looking at number six, this is where I have Devontae Adams. And we all know that Adams is an absolute stud. He's coming off of another big season, you know, his first uh, with the Raiders. For me and Devontae Adams here, I think his 2023 ranking is really just going to come down to what quarterback he's playing with. Like, I think that's going to be a big part of where he falls. Even if he's with a bad quarterback, he's still going to be in like the mid-tier wide receiver one range. But if he gets reunited with Aaron Rodgers, I think he could get bumped up or maybe he's traded to a uh, favorable landing spot. I think all these things would help his ranking. It's also possible he just ends up being stuck in like a rough quarterback situation. Maybe the Raiders try to kind of keep their head above 500. They bring in a veteran like Jimmy G or something like that. While that wouldn't be terrible, it's definitely not something that's going to give Devontae Adams this crazy high ceiling. So in the right fit, I do actually think he could be in that wide receiver like two to four range. I mean, if you're giving Devontae Adams a stud quarterback back with Aaron Rodgers, whatever it is, I think you probably could argue him as high as a wide receiver two. 
Now looking at number seven, I have C.D. Lamb. And I've been someone who's just been a little bit lower on C.D. Lamb than consensus. I did kind of get on board heading into uh, uh, this most recent season. And he finally had his first kind of like breakout season, establishing himself as a fantasy wide receiver one. He was the wide receiver eight in points per game. Just a super well-rounded season altogether. 156 targets, 107 receptions, 1,359 receiving yards and then nine total touchdowns. And we also have to remember, like this wasn't a peak season from CeeDee Lamb. It's not like everything came together perfectly. It's not like Dak played amazing, like Dak missed time early on in the season and then kind of struggled once he came back. So I think CeeDee Lamb still does actually have room to grow here. Now looking at number eight, this is where I have AJ Brown and full transparency, I was too low on AJ Brown heading into 2022. I didn't really love the fit with the Eagles. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was going to take his like massive step forward. Like I really like Jalen Hurts as a fantasy option. I didn't think he was going to be as strong of a passer as he was. So I missed on him there. He had really great production in his first year with the Eagles. He was the wide receiver seven in points per game. I think that offense is going to be a very strong unit once again. We know Jalen Hurts can support guys like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. It's also possible that A.J. Brown could be in line to see some more touchdown upside, especially on the goal line. You know, we have the uh, NFL considering outlawing that like quarterback push thing, which did, you know, give uh, Jalen Hurts some extra touchdown upside on the goal line. Maybe that bumps up his touchdowns by like one or two. But, you know, that could be the difference between him being the wide receiver nine and like the wide receiver seven. So I like A.J. Brown here as like a firm mid-tier wide receiver one. Then behind him, I have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown here at number nine. When we're looking at kind of like tiers, talked about like Justin Jefferson at number one. Then we have Chase, Cup in there. And then like the Hill, Diggs, Devontae Adams tier. I think there's a solid tier of C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Amon Ross St. Brown. I kind of have those guys clumped together here. I'm very high on Amon Ra. I basically liked him as a, uh, you know, kind of trade target early on in the season when he was dealing with some injuries, you know, some uh, limited touchdown performances. But overall in the season, he finished as the wide receiver nine in points per game. But when you actually dive a little bit deeper into his season, he actually left two games with injuries after playing less than 35% of the snaps. So if you remove those two games, you know, from his, uh, point per game average. He actually averaged uh, 15 half point PPR points per game, which was the same as AJ Brown. I feel like he's kind of consistently viewed as, you know, a guy under AJ Brown, but he was right in the mix with the AJ Browns, the CD Lambs. He likely will have some more target competition heading into 2023. We'll likely see uh, Jameson Williams more involved in this offense, but I'm still very confident that Amon Ra is going to be a stud, you know, regardless of the competition around him. Now we get into the uh, double digits. Top 10, Jalen Waddle here at number 10. He's coming off of a very impressive sophomore season. It's really interesting the way his usage kind of flipped up. In college, he was like this, you know, huge big play threat. And then his uh, rookie season, he was used as like a weird, like limited ceiling, kind of like a target hog, a real guy who's getting a ton of volume, but not a ton of big plays. There wasn't a ton of explosion. And then here in his sophomore season, Mike McDaniel comes in and Jalen Waddle goes back to his uh, college usage and is just a big play machine. He led the NFL in yards per target and yards per reception. He finished as the wide receiver 13 in points per game. Should continue to improve as a young wide receiver. Hopefully we don't have to deal with any more like Tua concussion issues 
because Jalen Waddle's uh, production definitely did fall a little bit when the QB1 was out. But I do like uh, Jalen Waddle here as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. And then at number 11, this is where I have T. Higgins. This may be surprising to some people because on paper, he didn't have like this crazy, you know, great fantasy season. He was the wide receiver 19 in points per game which like mid-tier wide receiver two, that's solid, but that's not what you were expecting out of T. Higgins when you drafted him. However, kind of like what we did with Amon Ross St. Brown, if we dig a little deeper, Higgins had three different games where he was limited with injuries in week one. This is the one that's probably you know a little more forgotten about. He left early on after only playing 26% of the snaps. And then if you were someone who had T. Higgins on your team, you probably definitely remember uh, week five and week 14. Those were the two games where he was active. And then, you know, you're kind of watching the game and he's just standing there on the sideline and not getting in. In those games, he had a 16% snap share and then 1%. So the dude basically was not playing, especially in that second one. So that's three different games where he's dealing with injuries, not playing. And, you know, those are reflected in his point per game number where he's literally just not giving you anything in terms of production. Without those games, he goes from the wide receiver, what I say, 19 to the wide receiver nine. So when he was healthy, he was, you know, a dude who was locked in. He was giving you wide receiver one production. And this is a spot where like, yeah, it's frustrating. He was dealing with these injuries. He was probably hurting you in your lineups. But like, this is not something that you can project moving forward. It's not like every year we're gonna have T Higgins, you know, limited in three games with injuries. Sometimes it happens, you get injured early on in the game, you leave, you're banged up throughout the season, whatever it is. I don't think there's something that is gonna like haunt T Higgins moving forward. So I actually have him and Waddle very close back to back, but I would expect Higgins to probably go maybe half a round to a full round after Jalen Waddle in drafts. And then for Higgins here, the one I guess concern in the offseason is that them and the Bengals aren't able to come to terms on an extension and maybe he gets traded. That's definitely not something you want when you're looking at fantasy value because he's in a really strong spot connected to Joe Burrow. It's possible he can go be the wide receiver one somewhere and really ball out, but it's also possible he gets moved to like an unfavorable landing spot. Personally, I'm a uh, Chicago Bears fan, really like Justin Fields, you know, as a uh, fantasy option. But in terms of a guy who's going to support a T Higgins, would much rather him stay in the Bengals, but he could find a different landing spot that's also very solid for him. Now, looking at number 12, this was probably the toughest spot to rank just because, you know, this is the cutoff. This is where you have to leave some people off. And I actually did go back and forth on a few different players here. I ended up settling with Amari Cooper And I think most people are not going to have Amari Cooper ranked this high. When I was uh, initially doing my rankings, I actually didn't have him in this spot. And then, you know, I just kept digging, looking at some more stats. And I had honestly forgotten how impressive of a season Amari Cooper had in a season with very, very poor quarterback play, talking about Jacoby Brissett early on, and then Deshaun Watson, who was not good later on in the season. Amari Cooper still managed to finish as the wide receiver 15 in points per game. Now, the tough part here with Cooper is that his 2023 production, obviously he's going to have a role in it, but in terms of him being a wide receiver one, you're basically betting on Deshaun Watson, right? If Deshaun Watson returns to his 2020 form, Cooper's likely going to be a value if he's drafted as like a high to mid-tier wide receiver two. Now, if we see the 2022 version of Deshaun Watson, who was not good, looked like a shell of his former self, then Cooper will likely be a disappointment. For me, I'm willing to bet that like 
the year and a half plus off for Watson, that's the reason why he struggled. Like the dude was a stud his first, what, like three, four years of his career. So I'm not willing to just, you know, totally throw him away. Now, if you're just completely anti-Watson, I understand that. You know, there's uh, plenty of reasons to be. But for me, I ended up slotting uh, Amari Cooper in here. Let me know who you guys uh, would have thrown in here. I do have some honorable mentions just to kind of toss out. who The guy I originally had in here before I put in Amari Cooper, it was Devonta Smith. Totally reasonable for Devonta Smith to be in here, kind of in that like T. Higgins role, capped in terms of being the wide receiver one, but can be a very solid wide receiver, you know, on a top offense. Also with Garrett Wilson thrown in there, I will say that if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, I think you could uh, throw Garrett Wilson in the top 12 for sure. Even a guy like Derek Carr, maybe Garrett Wilson is slotting in there as a top 12 wide receiver. Even if he's not, he's in that like 13, 14. I think you could consider Debo coming off of a down year, but we know he has, you know, that uh, wide receiver one talent. DeAndre Hopkins in the right landing spot if he gets traded to a uh, favorable spot could be a number 12. And then I also, not really someone who I considered for number 12, but just kind of wanted to give a shout out to Calvin Ridley, who I'm probably going to be very high on heading into 2023, coming back from that suspension with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback on that ascending offense. I think he's someone who's very, very interesting for fantasy purposes, but that is going to uh, wrap it up for the top 12. Let me know what you guys think. Like I said uh, in my last video, trying to get like two to three videos out per week, probably more of that three number, but thank you all again for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.